Have you got your clown nose on? No, I don't have a clown nose. Okay. Only you have one of those. Three. So, Moish. Geordie. Hello. <laughs> Hello. I love you in that robe. Morning, night, doesn't matter what time of day. Do you know what? You're in the robe. It is cold here. It's a goddamn winter wonderland. It is snowing outside. Um, there's like icing, a lot of snow on all the trees. It looks like Christmas. It really is like wow. fairy tale out there. But it's cold inside. So the coziest thing to put on is the robe. Do you not have heating? I've got double glazing. I've got the best heating. There, the insulation on the house here, not joking, is a metre thick. Do you know what, Michelle? You're frigid. <laughs> You're a frigid little bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I see. She's cold as ice. That's me. That's Icy little cold lady. No, it's true. Yeah. Um, it could also be warm hands, cold hearts. Is that right? No. What? I said warm hands, cold heart, but that's not what I meant to say. <laughs> warm heart, warm heart, cold hands. Cold hands, warm heart. There you go. So listen, I've just got a very noisy drink today. Just wanted to warn you, I have made myself a massive, like huge. That's a massive dark and stormy. And that is my straw. Jesus Christ, you're going to be annoying gonna be noisy. the listeners with that. And me. Well, sorry, but they're <laughs> eavesdropping. At the end of the day, what is this, Michelle? Eavesdropping. That's, That's what correct. I've been trying to think of other ways to describe it. So we're in a queue at the bank. We're queuing to use the ATM. So are you. And you're stuck behind us. And we are talking about whatever the hell we like. And you can't help yourself. You just have to listen. <laughs> and sometimes you have to join in. <laughs> we can't hear you. No. But you can feel free to just pipe up whenever you damn well please. Well, do you know what? It's funny that you should bring up your massive drink right there because I What have you got? I was thinking well, I've got no drink, mate. Oh. <laughs> I've got no drink. It's just me in a dry. robe. It's me in a robe. Um <laughs> dry chaffy robe. Oh God, I'm frigid and dry. What are you on about today? <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> I was thinking about you and your bottle and the clonk, and, clonk, clonk. and our topic for this week, which is... All right. Oh, how you misremember things. Yes, indeed. False memories. Because mm. I have... A, I can't even take you seriously when you take a sip of that. <laughs> anyway. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, I distinctly have a very visual memory of seeing you on this little tiny phone. Uh, drinking from a green bottle and hearing you go pop, pop, pop. Yeah, that pop was something else. You insist. And I wasn't drinking from a green bottle. I showed you the, the straw that I was drinking from. It had a green end because it was an eco straw. Not Thank true. You. Not true. And I it's will true. tell you my memory is 100% correct. But is it a false memory? You can't tell me that your memory is 100% correct, Michelle, but because we're talking about this today, I looked into it a little bit and I heard <laughs> only today that apparently memories, um, what did she say? Look, I can't even remember <laughs> what she said. That's me. Something like You're stealing my memories, no memory. <laughs> memories cannot be trusted to the point where if you make something up, it can become a memory. Yeah, but I completely agree with this. However, in the case of your green bottle, not true. But with 
that whole theory, think about Photoshop. Ah. So if you think about Photoshop and how you can actually create an image, an, an actual image of something that never happened, never happened. Yes, you can. That's right. Of course. So you could put my face on Giselle's body and people would think that that's my body. And anyone who's never met me would think, fuck, man, she looks great in a bikini. Didn't exist. And then they meet you in real life and and then they think, how come she's like only up to my knees when she looked like she was going to be towering over me? It's true. (laughs) But you could, you then have this memory of seeing this image it's false memory and apparently yeah. they call it deep fakes it's deep a thing fakes. it's a thing right mm. so um, i actually saw something online about barack obama shaking some like dodgy you know isis member or i don't know who it is uh, shaking the hand never happened but people have this memory of seeing this image and therefore creating a reality around seeing this image and that it actually happened so yes minds are very suggestible they absolutely are, Michelle. And do you know what? I discovered something myself. But before we talk about that, I would just like to make a small apology. Oh. <laughs> do you know what? I've got, a, I've got one at least, yeah. Do you have an apology? Okay, well, mine is actually because, oh, because we're doing this, this show today about uh, fake memories or memories, are they real or not? We don't know what we're going to call the episode yet, but it's about memories basically uh, I made a little mistake and it was to do with my memory or basically something that I'm going to talk about later, which is the Mandela effect. And I'll explain that to you in just a minute. But first, do you remember when we talked about, what's his name? The year my voice broke, the one that you Noah loved. Taylor. Noah Taylor. I love him. Yes. You said in your typical way, oh, poor Noah. He hasn't had much work recently. What's he been doing <laughs> in his 30s and 40s? I live in a bubble. I don't know what anyone's doing. Exactly. And I said, Michelle, he's been in Game of Thrones. And you don't remember him in Game of Thrones. He chopped the arm off the uh, the brother. I that don't had think it was him, sister. but anyway. It was him. <laughs> well, I can't, be, I can't be sure. I'm pretty sure it was him. And then I told you he was the dad of Jesser in Girls. Don't think that was real either. It wasn't him. Who was? Guess who it was? Ben Mendelsohn. <laughs> yes. No. Are you Ben Mendelsohn? No. I'm not joking. I actually got them confused. Do you remember I said that they people get them confused? I never would because I think I know what they both look like. But I got that confused. I was convinced that was Noah Taylor. And the other day I was just perusing information about Ben Mendelsohn to use in our next podcast because I thought, poor Ben, poor guy, he might not be working at the moment because of COVID. He hasn't been mentioned much recently. Sometimes people might tune into this and think, where's Ben Mendelsohn? Well, we've got to give, give the guy a shout out. Give him a shout. He's the patron saint of eavesdropping. Um <laughs> And I found out that he was Jess's dad in Girls. I cannot believe that because I was convinced that was Noah Taylor. And to me, they do look quite different. They don't look anything alike. Seriously. Well, and then I saw a picture and I was like, oh, that's not how I remember it looking. It's so bizarre. Okay, well, thank God we cleared that up. Thank God. The re- Yeah. The reason why we're talking about this today, though, is because I told you about a story that I'd read in the paper recently, didn't I? About the Luther creator, Neil Cross. Well, yes. The screenwriter. Yes. Now, you you wanted to mention how Jen is a big fan of the old Luther. Now, who isn't a fan of Idris? I tell you what. Do you know what? It's all right. Everybody loves Idris. I mean, I I don't know if this is real or misremembered, but wasn't he at one point voted sexiest man alive? 
That would be real. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Everybody loves Idris Elba. They do. I've never watched Luther. I tried. Jen. It's good. Jen loves it. I, I think it's uh, Luther. She loves it. Jen, I've got no memory. No memory. Does she like all the, the gritty Britties? Oh. They call them in Australia, don't do they? they? The gritty Britty. Yeah. <laughs> maybe. Like Line of Duty, which I love. Oh, God, I love that too. That's a whole other thing. But this guy uh, who did Luther, he uh, turns out he actually had a, a film or a TV show called The Sister to promote. And this is why I found I just thought I'd come across this amazing little nugget of information. But apparently he uh, spent years thinking that he'd stabbed a homeless man. Okay. When he was about 16 or 17. I don't know where he lived, uh, but he used to drink a lot of rough cider and live near a wood. And on his way home one night after really hitting that cider with his pals, mm. he and he used to carry a knife on him as well as a teenage boy. I know why they just do. And it's, He lived in the countryside. Perhaps the he needed UK. to cut a... Come on. Yeah, perhaps he had to cut a piece of wood or something. <laughs> anyway, on his way home, he he has a recollection. Like he went, he came home drunk. Uh, he had this, this dream or something or this recollection from the night before when he woke up that was so real, he was chilled. And it was of coming across a homeless man on his way home through the woods... And he remembers stabbing him. I'm whispering because I don't want my kids to hear. Stabbing him to death. Oh, my God. Yeah. To the point where he got up and he looked through, looked at all his clothes. He looked at his at the knife. There was no blood anywhere, not a trace of blood. And he there was before internet. And he was looking and looking in all the papers. for. Like, he was absolutely shaken. And he said even today when he was telling this story in a bid to promote his TV show, The Sister, on live <laughs> um, He was still quite shaken. Shook okay. is the word the youngsters use. Yep. I can't, I mean, I weirdly have had a, a similar feeling and there was this memory and I don't even really know that I can call it a memory. I guess it's a recollection. But anyway, it was this recurring memory um, that I'd have where I murdered someone. Oh, same. As him, yes. Oh, I thought you. <laughs> I'm saying. Oh, I murdered no, someone not me. too. Um, <laughs> no, look, it was. How would you murder someone? Well, I don't know. And the thing is, it was have a to really. <laughs> it was a really long time ago, and unlike unlike Neil Cross, I I actually can't recall the details of the memory because I mean, basically, I don't remember anything anyway. But it was this weird unsettling feeling that I had murdered someone and I'm sure I could remember at the time the the details of it but it was I don't know it felt more like flashbacks and they were really really vivid and how old were you oh this was do you know what weirdly and I'm not going to go into detail properly about this but it was around the time that the person that we both know who actually did murder somebody in Canberra oh, right. it was around yes. this time and I don't know if Something was triggered or made me feel really un- unsettled by that incident. Mm. But, you know, it was... Can I just stop you for a second, Michelle? Yeah. Because we have mentioned this twice now and your sister in particular is going to get very irritated. <laughs> we are going to cover the, that story we will. at some point. We will. We will. When we feel the time is right. Yeah. Carry on. Right. Well, look, this <laughs> this flashback memory recollection, I don't know what you call it, but it was really strong and it, and it was terrifying in many ways because it, it felt really very real. And it wasn't just like the memory of seeing blood and like this murder scene, but also the feeling of like, did I do it? You know, was I 
somebody who was capable of, of killing someone. And how did I do it? And when am I going to get a knock on the door from the police for a crime I don't really remember anything about? Uh, did you actually feel like somebody was going to come after you? I felt like I, it was such an uncertain memory that I thought, well, fuck, if I actually did this, like someone's going to be coming after me because people don't get away with murder. You just So you, you weren't convinced that you didn't? No. At the time, it felt so, so real. Oh and goodness. it really gave me shivers at the time. And it was a really bizarre feeling. And I think part of me also felt like it couldn't re- be real. Like, it couldn't be real because I don't think I'm somebody who's capable of murdering someone. Mm, and, unless it was by accident. Well, yes. And I was thinking in back. In your car. No, 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 no. And and I was thinking back to even, like, my most drunk years um, where there would be times when you wake up after a big night and you don't remember everything that happened. But then I was thinking uh, there were always people around me. So if I did something like this, then somebody else would remember because they would always very happily tell you the dumb shit that you did the night before. Like you, you did a poo in front of everybody oh outside God, McDonald's. Oh my God, Georgie, what the <laughs> hell? Oh, you. I never did that. What are you talking about? That's a false memory. Well, just guessing that that might have been one of the things. Where the hell? You dropped your pants outside McDonald's and you pre- you didn't do a poo, you pressed your butt cheek, your bare butt cheeks up against it to say, piss off because you hated them so much because you used to work there. Oh my I'm just guessing. God. You could have done it. Well, you know you I used to it. work at Macca's. I know. Oh I'm God. just making up something that you might have done. You're implanting false memories into the minds of our listeners. <laughs> I did press my bare breasts up against a window of a bar accidentally. I don't know how Bullshit. it happened accidentally, but I know that it did happen. Bullshit accidentally. <laughs> And I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. <laughs> but no, look, I I don't know. I I think that I don't think I'm a psychopathic killer. Um, well, you did the test last week. We know you're not a psycho. No, I may have kicked a girl in the shins, but I'm not a psycho. Yeah. Um, but it's really unnerving to have this feeling. Mm. And it was actually for, for many years. And, you know, it... Look, it could have been all those horror movies that I watched as a kid. That your mother made you watch as a three-year-old? <laughs> Jen. <laughs> we know you didn't, Jen. I'm joking. I am joking. But look, I don't... Stand down, social services. Yeah. Stand down. <laughs> but it's, you know, I can understand where Neil Cross is coming from to a degree because, yeah, for many years I I had this weird feeling. But I don't actually think that I'm I'm alone in this kind of No, feeling. well... Why do you think it happens, Michelle? How could it feel so real? Could it be evidence of a glitch in the Matrix, for example? Or is it a slippage between alternate or parallel universes? Time travellers, maybe. I do think that there's something to that. And especially if you think about the many worlds theory. I don't know if you know anything Mm -hmm. much about this. Okay, fine. I don't know if anyone else out there knows about it, and you obviously do. You better explain it uh, to them. Well, okay, look. It's to Mrs. Quant- Mrs. Hinge in <laughs> northern Yorkshire. <laughs> so listen, Lady Hinge. Um, it's it's quantum, quantum physics and quantum mechanics, basically. Um, it, it's the idea that there are many worlds that exist in parallel at the same time and in the same space as our own, and that they branch off from each other, but they never intersect so when you're saying glitch in the matrix, this idea of many... That's something different. Well, it's this idea of many worlds, but many worlds don't 
collide. They don't intersect. So the idea of a glitch. Or do they, Michelle? The idea of a glitch is maybe, Mm. yes, perhaps. Um, So I don't know. But it is like, I, I mean, look, did you ever know about Schrodinger's cat? No. I know about this from an ex who actually has false memory. A cat called Schrodinger. No, no. But he has massive false memory syndrome. I'll go into that in a minute. But basically, Schrodinger's cat, it's um, Schrodinger was a, a scientist who came up with this theory. And really, really simply, it's if you put a cat um, in a box with something that could kill a cat and Schrodinger, and this is really famous kind of thought experiment. Um, the the idea that he came up with was a radioactive atom. So you put this cat in a box with something that could kill it and then you seal the box. You don't know if the cat is dead or alive until you open the box, right? So until you open the box, the cat is, in a sense, both dead and alive. Do you see what I mean? <laughs> I'm sorry. I was just having a large sip of my dark and stormy. I was <laughs> thinking, is that like... The if a tree falls in the woods and you're not there, is it like that? Not really, because did it happen? Well, well, that's more philosophy, and this is science. This is more about like quantum physics. But I think what they're saying is, and if you apply this to kind of many worlds theory, it's like the particles that make up the cat can exist in many or multiple places at the same time. So in this many worlds theory, and they and it's not until you directly observe the cat that you know if it's dead or alive. But in the many worlds theory, the cat is dead and alive at the same time well, across. That makes my head want to explode. Yeah, I know it's like it's kind of crazy, but yeah, this whole multi-universe, parallel universes. I think there's something in it, and because these questions have been floating around. For a long time, a long time, and not just in like crazy, you know, like um, psychics, ladies who are psychics, you know, saying, "Oh, there's multi-universes." This yeah. is an actual scientific. Well, theory. it's an explanation to yeah. Well, they're theories. Yeah, they're I, all theories. I, I know that. Yeah, I know that there is a lot of scientists, and we'll get into that in a minute. But first, I want to tell you about the Mandela effect, which I did mention a couple of times mm. already, and it's kind of the thing that people use that. There's a lot of talk about it at the moment, not just because I was interested in this subject this week, but I'd heard about it already beforehand. Basically, there's a woman called Fiona Brooke, who's a paranormal expert. And in 2010, she coined this term, the Mandela effect, because she realized that there were a significant amount of people who believed that Nelson Mandela actually died in prison in the 80s and were surprised when they then, well, maybe they were surprised when they realized that he went on to be released in, uh, he, <laughs> and then become, you know, anyway, but basically they all, like thousands recalled his televised funeral processions, the procession on TV. They saw the funeral. They saw Winnie Mandela giving a heartfelt speech. Then there was riots in South Africa because he was kept in there so long and he died in there. People remember all of this, like not just a few people, a significant amount of people. And those of us who know what really happened, I'm hoping that you are one of them. <laughs> yeah. That he was well, he left. actually released in 1990 and he was 27 years in there 
and went on to become president in uh, of South Africa in 94 till 97. And he left Winnie. And he died. He left Winnie. That's right. Yeah. She was an awful terror, wasn't she? <laughs> she? Didn't she have lots of slaves and I things? Oh, God. And then died aged 95 in 2013. Yeah, it wasn't that That's long ago. Think. It wasn't that long ago. So that wasn't that long. And he did a lot, you know, a lot of amazing things. And we find it hard to believe that anyone can think that that version is different yeah. or that anybody thinks. But could both versions be true, Michelle? Well, yes, if, and you, the causes. if you look at the, at the many worlds theory. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, could be. So that it's actually called when people believe something that's not true, that's called confabulation. There's a word for it. Okay. And it is like a false memory contagion. One person makes something up or fills in the gaps and then it becomes fact. And then the memory of that conversation, which has spread. And if you don't know any better, say you're not well read. Maybe you don't listen to the news. Maybe you were only 10 when all this happened or nine or eight or whatever or five doesn't matter what age, you know, somebody who's not really old enough to remember all this stuff yeah. and it hasn't really affected you come life. across. Yeah. yeah. Perhaps, you know, you remember that guy was in prison and, oh, maybe he died there. Perhaps you just didn't, you don't live in South Africa, so it wouldn't have occurred to you. But that's different to people remembering Winnie Mandela crying at the funeral and people remembering a procession that's more of a oh I thought he was dead I mean I have that all the time I'm I'm shocked when people I'm like I thought they were already dead you get that little guardian alert on your phone and you're like oh yes I was shocked when Leonard Nimoy died in 2015 I was convinced he had long gone (laughs) oh dear I don't know why that was but there are some people out there who believe that Patrick Swayze actually recovered from his pancreatic cancer which killed him oh do you know what colour chartreuse is, Michelle? Yeah, green. That's right. <laughs> Some people believe that it's pink. So you're all right. And there's, there's more. Apparently, this is ridiculous. There's a lot of examples of the Mandela effect, which are based on movies like uh, the line in Forrest Gump, which I didn't see, where he, the chap, what's his name? Tom Hanks, who plays Forrest, says, life is like a box of chocolates. So apparently he says life was like a box of chocolates. Oh, but who cares? that to me is not an evidence oh, that's of... Stupid. No. And the things like... Hello, Clarice from Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> okay. She didn't. He didn't say that. He said, "Good morning, Clarice." Oh, but that's and close, close. Luke, I am your father. Was actually no, I am your father from Darth Vader. Ah. But this one I had to look up because I was convinced. Apparently, we are the champions of the world. Yeah. sung by Queen. That last line of the world was only sung on a live performance at Wembley. But that's not true i've looked it up the first version album version i listened to had that in the song that's in the song so people are getting a bit excited aren't they that's all bullshit well do you know what i actually read something and didn't realize it was actually connected to what you've just talked about but it was um collective misremembering misremembering Mm. right and basically mandela effect and yeah uh, it wasn't to do with anything as important as Nelson Mandela. It's more like the pop culture stuff you're talking about. Like Kit Kats having a, a, a dash in between Kit and Cat, which it doesn't. Who even cares? My God. <laughs> um, <laughs> just, They're not good examples in my mind. Whereas Mandela, yes, that's huge. And quite frankly, who even likes Kit Kats? They were not a good chocolate. I don't mind them. Cherry ripe all the way. <laughs> I, don't like that. I love a cherry, good cherry ripe. Um, no, there was this one, and look, I don't even know this movie or even this person, but apparently 
I think it was in the 90s or maybe in the 80s. Really bad research here. Um, Is it Shazam? Yes. Did you see this? Did you read about this? Yeah, that was one of the examples in the Mandela effect. Yeah. It was Sinbad, who is a uh, comedian. In America. American comedian. In America. And this is pre-Shazam, the one that just came out last year. Was there one that even came out last year? All I remember... Do you remember when you were kids and you were watching all like loads of reruns and it was that TV show, Shazam? You don't oh. remember that TV show. No. It's not that one. What is it? You don't. Oh, come on. No, it's on. not that. Oh, I have to ask my sister about this. So I think it was, must have been Marvel or something. And like this, there was a guy and, and if he said Shazam, you, he would turn into like superhero anyway. Oh, so you don't remember. Well, see, people get very confused and mixed up about little things like that, you know, and that's what happened with this Shazam movie. Yeah. It was actually one called Kazam and oh. it starred Shaq, Shaquille O'Neal or something and people got confused. But, yeah, people rem- misremember the same things. Like, you know, group psychology is a crazy, crazy thing. If somebody, It's almost like the sheep having to all pile in. Now, this is off topic a little bit, but I just want to tell you this story that my friend Simon told me the other day okay. when I was talking to him about the Mandela effect. He piped up with this, right? Now, I didn't fact check it. This is purely Speculation. anecdotal, okay, okay. right, from my friend. He said that um, people all join in when they see something, and, and this is his example. Basically, there's a story of a woman, don't know when, it was on the Golden Gate Bridge. She was driving across the bridge and she rear-ended a car that was in front of her. In that car in front of her were gangsters, like mafia. Okay. They got out of the car. Yeah. They beat the shit out of her. Jesus. And they tossed her over the edge of the bridge. What? But it was a really sunny, hot day and all the residents of people with these Bayside apartments overlooking the bridge were out there looking. Like apparently there's a lot of people out and about watching this whole thing unfold. And when they threw her over... They, they burst into a round of applause. What? And I believe that people think it was because they thought they were watching a movie being filmed. But when the police actually spoke to them afterwards, they confessed that they only did it because that's what everybody else was doing. They just joined they in. They just joined in the clapping. Yeah. Oh. So they didn't actually see anything or witness anything. They just... No, they saw it. They saw the woman being beaten up and thrown over the edge of the fucking bridge. Outrageous. God, I wonder if that really happened. I wonder if some woman actually did get like chucked off the bridge well i didn't check it out okay all right perhaps we'll be making a another another apology apology next week (laughs) (laughs) but going back to parallel universes right this is this is one of the theories and it's nothing to do with the matrix the glitch glitch in the matrix that's another theory Mm -hmm. and like the parallel universe theory Mm -hmm. it is also backed up by scientists like you know people who are actually being paid to do research Okay. They believe stuff. But we're not talking about that yet. We're talking about parallel universe theory, which was first theorized in 1957 and taken very seriously amongst astrophysicists. (laughs) Astrophysicism. It's about space time, isn't it? Is it linear or is it a sphere? Is it. God knows. A string, piece of string, many pieces of string. There's a string theory. I don't know. I don't know anything about string theory. theory. It sounds good. What about daughter universe? Have you heard about that one? No. What? Daughter universe is one of the versions of the, because obviously no one knows about the parallel or multiverse enough. They can only speculate. But a lot of people do believe that it's true, especially astrophysicists and quantum physicists. But the daughter universe is the sort of universe where sliding doors might have taken place or Run Lola Run or Donnie Darko, Stranger Things, that kind of thing, where there's another 
parallel that there is another universe concurrent and one of it, it could look exactly the same or it might in dark like in stranger things be completely different and they can converge somehow okay. have you been watching his dark materials no, at the moment no, i know you love it and the kids love it but no i haven't been watching any good it it's great i've read the books they were the best all of the books okay. i loved those but um yeah, they they are able to switch switch between worlds because they found a way in and out. Okay, but you know this is a, I mean that that scenario in films it's been around for a long time. It's because we've got imaginations, isn't it? It is, um, or is it based on fact? Or is it Back to the Future? Michael <laughs> J. Fox. <laughs> That's another theory. <laughs> Do you know Stephen Hawking's last paper before he died was about the multiverse? Is he dead? <laughs> no, I'm serious. I didn't even know. <laughs> oh my god, that's another Are you kidding? That's another one I've missed out on. <laughs> Michelle, oh shit. Bloody <laughs> <laughs> oh, hell! Listen, we some have to fact theorists. Check this. <laughs> we well, he is dead. I know that he is. Okay. Just in case okay, you are I'm living sorry. in another, oh, ba- but basically, these false memories have been um, uh, explained away as being memories from different timelines. Okay. And that we are slipping in and out, just like the TV show Sliders or, you know. Do you remember Sliding Doors? Sliding Doors, I didn't see that. I'm talking about the TV show Sliders. Okay, all right. I don't know that. Did you see that one? That That was shit. Okay. I actually liked Sliding Doors. I thought it was very good at the time. I'd like to see it. I've always wanted to see Mm. it. I like the idea of alternate realities and what uh, what would happen if you didn't do that. Or get on that train. Or I mean, whatever. we've all had sliding doors moments in life moments. where you think, "God, if I hadn't have done that, where the fuck would my life be right now?" Mm. But um, yeah, yeah, in good ways and negative. In ways. good ways and negative, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's better to regret something that you have done than it is to regret something that you haven't done. Oh, I don't believe either of those. But off surface. <laughs> oh, I don't know about and that. And by the way, if you see your mum, tell her Satan, Satan, Satan. That was that song. Do you remember? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> By the butthole surface, not me. What about this, Michelle? Are we living in a computer game? Like Like electric dreams when they poured the champagne on the computer? (laughs) What? Oh, yes. (laughs) Giorgio Moroder. We'll always be together. That was Judd. What was his name? Not Judd Nelson, wasn't it? He was in that one. I bet he was. We'll need to check it out. Check that. So. Maybe the Mandela death in prison memories could be an update of the system and we are left with residual memories when the code gets changed. Oh, there's a okay. Yeah, there's a Swiss philosopher. You may know him because you are in Switzerland right now, but he's actually based in Oxford. His name's Nick Bostrom. And he reckons that chances are high that a future generation have created a superpowered computer, like a quantum run computer um, yeah, powered by quantum physics that can create and run simulations of life in the past. You see, hence us, and that we are living in it. See, I, I actually don't think that's too far fetched because you think about the cloud. Everything these days is on the cloud. God knows where the fuck the cloud is even is. But it, imagine going forward in time, and this is all a little bl- bit Black Mirror, and I love that series. Absolutely love it. Well, he's been quite prophetic, uh, oh, Charlie Brooker, Brooker, in some of his um, versions of Black Mirror. Yeah, in, in a nasty way, like the, the pig fucker episode anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, you imagine somebody tapping into the cloud could recreate in, in the future, can recreate the past literally like 
frame by frame from video, all of our photos that are on the cloud. It's not an impossible thought. But then, and then they've gotten to the point where they are able to create AI yeah, or yeah, something like everything. In like in Westworld, did you watch Westworld? No, but everybody says how brilliant it is. Oh, it's it is great. Okay, that's and they're they're robots in a in a theme park, right? Okay, and people from and it's in the future, and these pe- and people come to visit, and they treat them like shit. And these poor robots. I mean, you're looking at it through the the point of view of about three or four of the robots. One of them is um, Evan Rachel Wood. She's kind of like the main one and Tandy Newton's another one. And you see Evan Rachel Wood's character, Dolores, waking up every day, doing the same thing and then something different will happen until one day she cops on. What do you mean? Like one day she'll have been raped and murdered. Another day she'll just have a kiss with the nice guy down the road. Uh, But she'll always go into town and drop her her can of tomatoes and her boyfriend will pick them up. One day she just suddenly goes, wait a second, exactly. One day she goes, wait a second, and that's when it all starts to unfold. And same with Tandy Newton's character as well. The same thing happens over and over again. She's the madam of a brothel in, in the town. Don't give it away. Don't give it away because now I want to watch it. No, no, it's not giving anything away because okay. no that just happens over and over again. Okay. And and you know that they are. You know Westworld because it was a, a film in the 60s starring Yul Brynner. Oh, okay. Michael Crichton was the writer, I believe, the guy who did uh, the dinosaur movies. Uh, Jurassic, Jurassic Park. Park. I always just yeah. think of Spielberg with that, but anyway. What was I going to say? I was talking about The Matrix. Oh, yeah, I was talking about my fav- one of my favourite science fiction short stories. Yeah. I can't remember who the writer is, but it was called The Tunnel Beneath the World or The Tunnel Under the World. And it's roughly, it's a little bit like that. It's a little bit like um, Groundhog Day. This guy wakes up, he works at at the um, local factory, he wakes up with his wife, goes, has breakfast, gets in the car, goes to work. And this happens every day, um, same thing over and over. But one day, this man comes up to him and looks weird and he's like, what the hell? in the queue at work at the lunch, in the cafeteria or something and eventually he says I know you know it too I know you know it too and eventually it comes out that this other chap is aware I feel like Groundhog Day is almost written based on uh, this, off the back maybe. of this yeah this one guy kind of realizes that what's going on and he's trying to tell the main guy you know it this is not right we're living the same day over and over again now I can't remember what happens in the interim, but at the end of it, I'm going to give it away because it's a story no one's going to read. Uh, He discovers that they are little uh, simulations or robotic because it was quite an old story. So at that point, they could only think as far as robotic uh, people, miniature, like little Lego figures living in their town, which is where there was a nuclear power plant and it blew up. But they had already been downloaded somehow and they were reliving that last day over and over again as an experiment. Because he comes out the tunnel at the end of the world and looks up and he realises they're miniature. Oh, That realisation of waking up and realising, oh my God, my reality is not is not what I thought it was. That would be horrifying. Yeah, but this is very similar to that um, that film that, uh, what's his name? Thingy Carey. See, no memory. Um, comedian. Jimmy Carey. Jim Car- Jim- oh, Jim Carey. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy Carey. <laughs> Jimmy Carey. Jim Carey. Jim Carey. I like him. I find him quite attractive. I thought he was quite hot in some of his movies, not The Mask. Mm. But um, he's in that film, you know, where he's literally, li- yep. what is that called? We watched it the other day. Good afternoon, good morning and good night. No. What was it called? Truman Show. 
Yes, it is that. Yes, hmm. Truman Show. That's what he says. If I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. That is brilliant and very similar, actually, to the story you were just saying because he's stuck in this TV world and those characters, they're all off off stage like having a ciggy and then they come in and have to like be their characters and they all have to stop and he has no idea. It's Oh, gosh, That's I need another, to... yeah, quite horrifying realisation. Mm, yeah. I need to re-watch that, actually. It's good. It is. There are, he, he's in a few good movies. I loved The Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. That was another kooky kind of crossover. With him of, and... Um, um, Kate Winslet. Yes. Watch that again if yeah. you can. Because, do you know, do you know watch, well, I actually um, looked up some, I think it was in The Independent or Guardian or something, you know, 20 best Christmas films of all time, because... That's a Christmas film? No, it's not. But I was in the Christmas mood and I wanted to watch a movie because there's no good TV shows at the moment. But now I'm going to go and watch Westworld. But okay. I wanted to watch a movie. They were all shit, like super shit. So mm-hmm. now I feel like I want to rewatch things like Truman Show, maybe go back and rewatch Eternal Sunshine. And You can't go wrong with Elf. I didn't watch that one. It was on the list and I skipped what? over it because I thought it looked shit. It is the best Christmas film I watch. I've watched it every year since it's come out. So you have kids. Is it a kids thing? No, it's Will Ferrell. It is kids, but it's also grown-ups. I still laugh at it. Okay, you know, I've never watched Home Alone. No, I wouldn't. I'd give, give that, that a miss. miss. I did give that a miss. Yeah. I went. I didn't. I think I did see it, but then I didn't enjoy it. Okay, okay. Well, but let me just go back to. Um, sorry <laughs> to interrupt. <laughs> I want to just say this about American astrophysicist before it becomes a movie fucking review. Oh God! Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Neil deGrasse Tyson, have you heard of him? Well, you have heard of Elon Musk, though, haven't you? Yes, Mr. Tesla. Well, they both agree that the this um, idea of there being an alternate, like a alternate reality, but of us being a simulated reality is very as a very likely outcome uh, that we are inhabitants of a fake reality. Elon Musk actually says that if you assume that games, like the games that we're currently playing at the moment, like the gamers do, like Nintendo and whatnot. If you if you assume that they improve with time, then they will be at some point they will be indistinguishable from reality or civil and or civilization will end. That's the game's will. Yeah, basically they will become indistinguishable from reality or civilization will end if they haven't. Again, I guess he means that by very and he said one of these two will occur. Oh God, it's all very Black Mirror. I I need to rewatch that too. Um, mm. oh, there's still loads more coming out, I think. Yeah, oh God, I hope so. Hey, Elon Musk, who's he going out with? A pop star? He is going out with some little pop star. It's a bit weird. What has he done? I thought nobody bought Teslas. Of course. How can he be one of the richest men in the world? Are you kidding me? They're all over Switzerland. Everyone's driving a are Tesla. They? Yeah, everyone's rich oh. here. And also, um, he's making solar panels that are being used for all other kind of applications. So, no, he's he's got money. Dude has money. I mean, he just put a rocket into space, didn't he? I heard that he was going to go up in a rocket or something. Okay, Is that right. I don't know. I don't know. We, we, I need. I really need to do my, my get my facts straight before I say stuff like that. <laughs> Science is not my comfortable place. No, but this is science fiction. Is I quite like science fiction yeah. to a point, but. What about time traveling? What about that as an as a as an example of how things are getting fucked up a little bit, like Terminator or Twelve Mon- Monkeys? And let me just quickly say, I read on another friend's website the other day. He's got like a a paranormal website. There was a news article on there. I don't know how accurate it is, but it did say that psychiatric hospitals in 
America right now are full to capacity with an influx of people claiming to be time travelers sent back to stop Trump from destroying the world. What? Yes, just like 12 Monkeys, like Bruce Willis was sent back to stop the flu from happening that killed everybody Uh or whatever that district. Yeah, apparently in Trump's future, if he's left to to be in power. Is a place of riots, war, famine, and the collapse of civilization. So people are, and loads of people are apparently claiming. Apparently, it used to be I'm Napoleon. That was the that was the uh, what you do here. But now it's I've come from the future to stop, to stop Trump. him. Yeah. Do you know what? Thank you. That's all I can say. Thanks, dudes. If you really yeah. have come from the future, thank you. If you've come and messed up with the voting system or whatever you have to do, clearly just do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, do you know what? Like, I, I, I mean, aside from paranormal stuff and you know, all of this, I, I actually think because I was looking more into sort of false memories and the psych, the psychology sort of behind it, and imagined crimes because when you were talking about Ooh, neil cross minority report never seen it that's philip k dick's story turned oh, into a terrible film he's very good though philip k dick mm. really good oh his mind was incredible yeah smart dude anyway but i think he's also mentally ill as well is he i think so i'm not is sure is that another Again. apology that we're gonna have to make fact check fact check oh, where's our dear. fact checker oh god we need to <laughs> that's meant to be me um, what were you going to say? Sorry, I interrupted no, you because I got look, excited. No, look, I, I read this Wired article and it was really fascinating because it was all about like false memories. And there's this one that they talk about. It's from like 2016. And there's this criminal psych- psychologist in London, actually, and her name's Julia Shaw. And one day she got this um, phone call from a lawyer about a case where two sisters were accusing a close female relative of sexual abuse when they were younger. Now, this lawyer, um, she was representing, uh, not the sisters, but the defendant, contacted Julia to be the expert kind of witness in this case. And what she said, and and it's really dark to go into like cases of sexual abuse, but this seems to be where a lot of people are having these uncovered Mm -hmm. memories. So I think that it's really, uh, because it has a lot to do with trauma. And so, so this woman who, you know, Julia, who was the the psychologist who was contacted, she said that normally in cases um, of sexual abuse, it's the father that's accused. But in this case, it was a, a female relative. So the sisters were four and seven at the time, and the older girl was around 10 or 11. So all of them were really young. And it was like 40 years later or something um, that the sisters were making these allegations. And the criminal psychologist, Julia, she was asked to go through all the statements from the sisters. And what she kept noticing was, particularly the older sister, um, was her language. And it was kind of based on assumptions. So she kept saying things like, look, I I don't really remember. I guess I just blocked it. Or she'd assumed that she's blocked something. And what this psychologist was saying, that when you have language like this, you're assuming that when something bad happens, you actually can like hide it and lock it away somewhere in your brain. Mm. A little bit like, I guess, um, Freud's, what is it, repressed memories theory or something. Anyway, I think that has even been discredited now. For a lot of Freud's mm. theories. Anyway, this older sister would say things like, yeah, I can't remember the details. I just had this really weird feeling that this older relative used to do stuff to like her and her sister. And this apparently was all triggered when she'd seen a picture on Facebook 
um, that the older female relative had posted. And she was flooded with all these memories um, and where it happened and whatever. So when she con- when she spoke to the younger sister, the younger sister couldn't remember much, but said that she agreed with her older sister. And so the psychologist saw this as this thing called social contagion. Yes. Yes, which basically means that when you when someone tells you something or gives an account of something, then that recollection becomes your memory of it. That's the conflabulation that I mentioned just before. That's when you start to fill in the gaps. Yes. So even though it's not what you experienced, someone told it to you and now that becomes your experience. Okay, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And then they suddenly, then it becomes fact, yeah. So they're planting sort of a seed and and it takes kind of root in Mm -hmm. in your brain. So in the end, like this psychologist came to the conclusion that although the sisters probably really really truly believed that what they were saying happened in her opinion the sisters accounts weren't reliable and one misremembered and the others just yeah, followed but, along I mean if you were those sisters it would be gutting to hear mm. that your memory was unreliable but mm. this psychologist said that what she does is she doesn't try to figure out if someone is innocent or guilty her job is just to determine whether or not the memories are reliable or not and in this case, she said their memories were bad evidence, which I just think sounds so horrible. Especially if it's true. Yeah. I, I, but you don't know. And that's the awful thing. You just don't know. And either way, it's tragic because if you point the finger at a relative who was completely innocent and it didn't happen, or if um, you can't rely on their memories as evidence yeah. and it did happen then that's equally, I mean, it's just, that's a no-win situation right there. It's awful. And actually, there was a case of this. Um, it happened in 1989. There was this woman, um, she was living in LA, and she was just, like, playing with her kid, Jessica, apparently. Uh, this woman was called Eileen Franklin Lipska. And all these really disturbing memories rushed into her brain, and she had this vision of her father raping her eight-year-old friend when they were kids and then oh crushing this woman's skull in um, with a rock in the back of a car. Who? The dad? The dad. Killing an eight-year-old, this eight-year-old girl, like raping her eight-year-old friend and then killing <gasps> her. And she's, oh this God. woman apparently was flooded with these crazy, um, uh, crazy memories. And the thing was, this girl had actually been missing since 1969. So, oh, shit. And her body had been discovered in the woods like um, three months later. So she was super disturbed. Back in the 60s. Yes. So she was really... So she was dead. She was dead. And she was really disturbed by these memories. And so she actually like dobbed him in, dobbed her dad in. And then wow. uh, he went to court and uh, this there's this woman, um, Elizabeth Loftus, and she's a cognitive psychologist and she was called in basically as the as the witness on this. And she she went and she said to all of the like to the jury, listen, you know, memory is unreliable. Uh, people's memories can be influenced. Um, from what I have gathered, I don't really think that this is a real memory. And the dude went down. The dad went down. I think I know this story. Yeah. Or something like this. It's very similar to a lot of things that happened. Is this the 80s? Yes. This was, well, it's in 89. This was in 1989 this happened. Was that around the time of the satanic, what they call the satanic panic, where there was a lot of people being um, 
accused of child abuse oh, God, because yes. it was part of some kind of satanic yes. rituals. Yes, but yes, when yes, in yes. fact it was planted memories or people just suddenly got it was almost like hysteria, this like the crucible, exactly, you know? Exactly Witch at hunts. the same time. Yes. This was part of something else I remembered. And look, and it that was all it that happened in a school where one um psychologist had apparently been talking to a child, had kind of implanted these false memories into this kid's brain and then that if infected all the other kids who started saying it happened to them really really tragic horrible thing and it was obviously later disproved but anyway thank god for this person because five years later the sister of the woman said listen these these memories are not true and it uh, was apparently in some way and I wish I had like um, better information on this but Apparently this woman had been suffering from post-traumatic stress and had misremembered all these memories and actually the dad was freed. When it went to court again and the dad was freed. So really terrifying what these miss... Did they ever find the murderer of the little girl? I don't know. I hope so, mm. but probably not. But then, look, this this woman also did this amazing like brown groundbreaking um, study into how people's memories can be manipulated. manipulated. And what she did was... She, she went to the, this university and she had 24 uh, students or participants and they, they were hand-selected and then the people who were conducting the study went to the families of these 24 people and said, give me three memories of what happened to this person as a child and with details and everything. And then they went to these 24 participants with these three memories and then put one fake one in there. But with all details from their childhood so that where they lived and every everywhere they were but it was a false memory and the thing is these every single one every single one of these 24 people remembered yeah yeah I remember that happened to me and this Mm -hmm. and that and it was it it really showed that you could implant false memories of entire experiences into people's brains and that they remember it like it was real so I think you can't rely on your memory you can't no because we all you know the brain is an incredible thing isn't it the brain and you know what my friend nina said to me uh a couple of weeks ago which i have to tell you by the way nina is the woman with the magic hands i didn't name her before she was the one that helped yannicka with her with the hands (gasps) on not reiki but it's energy moving backwards with the force of her healing touch yeah we mentioned that previously Well, Nina is her name and she said the most amazing thing to me the other day because we tried to do a healing thing over the phone and it kind of worked. Oh, wow. She she asked me what colours I was seeing and I told her and it was the same colours she was seeing. It was quite quite mad. Incredible. um, What she did say to me the next day when we met up was... We've got, we only use, like, she thought it was 27% of our brain. I think it's 10% of our brain. You know, that classic yeah, number. Some, yeah, I that, don't know. Uh, she said, look, we've got 100% of brain. We only use 10% of it or whatever. What's the other bits for? <laughs> it's hard drive. Perhaps hard they drive. are psychic or, yeah, exactly. Oh, who knows? But listen, I want to move on to another of my theories that I found whilst researching okay. this. And it is, again, quite close to home for you. Oh, Jesus. The Large Hadron Collider. <gasps> yes, I don't really know too much about this, but... You don't know about the Large Hadron yes, Collider, which is 100 metres underground in Switzerland. I believe it's in... It's where in, is it? It's in Switzerland? Yes. Oh, my God. Okay, I'm going to have to find it. it. Yeah, it could be. You're sitting you, on top of it. Do you know what? There are it's guns the in these hills. the largest... Are there? Apparently, guns hidden everywhere You're in neutral. these hills. You're neutral. <laughs> You're neutral. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's but where we know how to protect ran. ourselves. Yeah, I know. That's, that's where, where the, the um, um, Von Trapp family went to. <laughs> the hills are alive uh, with guns. <laughs> oh, I'm going to get in trouble. So, for that. Oh, dear. <laughs> um, anyway, so it's in Switzerland. It's the world world's largest physics lab, and it studies particle collisions from a variety of scientific positions, basically cre- recreating the Big Bang on a smaller scale. We'd hope. It began in 2008. They built it in 2008. It's 27 metres long. I didn't get that information from uh, here. I got it from somewhere else, which I'll tell you in a minute. The first example of the Mandela effect was reported in 2009, a year after L, let's call it the L, Large Hadron, okay. LHC, <laughs> was first built. <clears throat> it's been shut down for repairs over the years a few times and not because Professor Brian Cox spilt some yogurt on a wire <laughs> in an episode recently of Would I Lie to You? Because he worked on it. Did he? Ah. Yeah, he's a particle. He's a quantum physicist, okay, or astroph- astrophysicist. I don't know which one, but he was. He's been working on it, and he told you know that show. Would I lie to yeah, you? Which yeah. is where you have to tell a lie and try and convince people that it's the truth or it is the truth, whatever. He told um, a panel that he dropped yogurt on his section as he tr- and he tried to sell it to those guys. <laughs> Somebody was riding past him on a bike because to get around this 27 metres of, of uh, section, it's in eighths. So he his octant was what he was working okay. on before it started up. Somebody rode past him on a bike, knocked him while he was having his breakfast yogurt and he spilt it on a wire and the whole thing had to be shut down for three months. Oh, that sounds very electric Hence he was dreams. doing television. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't true. It was a lie. They did eventually have their first successful collision of particles, a mini Big Bang, in 2009. And then again, uh, a few years later, in 2012, they discovered the groundbreaking Higgs boson subatomic particle, which was, I think, the God particle that Stephen Hawking's been talking about. Again, science is not my my uh, my comfortable uh, place, so I'm not really feeling 100% comfortable talking about these things. I did as much yeah. research as I could, Michelle, but to be honest, I was falling asleep. So, oh, But it was a huge breakthrough. Hope our listeners aren't. <laughs> it was a huge breakthrough. But one thing I did know about the Large Hadron when it first started, and even more so now, was that it was creating these uh, big mini Big Bangs and it had the potential to create, and I'm not sure if this is just fear-mongering, it had the potential to create mini black holes. Did one suck us through? In reality or potential? Yes. Potentially, yes. They, they had. Stephen Hawking said the God particle, dis- particle discovered by CERN could destroy the universe. Okay. And there was a National Geographic headline in 2014 saying, are we living in a black hole? All because of the Large Hadron Collider. Okay. Did they actually create one small black hole or one huge black hole? And suck us all through. And we just didn't know. I find that hard to believe because surely, I mean, my son wouldn't be born. I mean, things the things that have happened in our history since 2012 wouldn't have happened, right? Oh, I don't know. I have no idea. It's too much of a mind fuck, I don't think we're in a black hole. I mean, 2020 can that go into Suddenly a- that we are dead and that nothing happened and that we didn't just notice. We just didn't notice our whole world just destroyed. Yeah, well, basically we didn't 2020 can go suck itself into a black hole as far as I'm concerned (laughs) they can take 2020 and run with it but um god yeah I have no idea science is definitely not my forte I didn't do science I could barely do maths 
Not good. There's a famous film producer called Robert Evans. He uh, produced things like The Marathon Man. Mar- oh, Marathon Man. I haven't seen that yet. I'm dying to see it. Chinatown, that kind of thing. So oh, 70s. Kind oh, of I was going to say, okay, yeah, old school. He, yeah, so he was like, like he was married seven times, once to Ali McGraw, mm. once very briefly, very briefly, it was annulled after a couple of months, to Catherine Oxenberg. No! <gasps> yes! Who we mentioned last week in the Keith Ranieri episode. Hang on, is, is he the father of India? No, oh, okay, he's not. Okay. He's not. I don't know who is. Um, but he have, has this wonderful quote, probably because he has been married seven times. It is, there are three sides to every story. Your side, my side, and the truth. Well, that is, there is something in that because everyone's truth is different. But there are also some inalienable facts, right? That's a new word for me, Michelle. <laughs> there, there are facts. There are facts. Um for example, it's a fact that he had seven wives and maybe like however he treated them, that's a, that is a, a way for... Right. Oh, I see. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So how, so you have the truth of a matter and then you have opinion of how it went down, but... Well, definitely in relationships, I do believe that uh, two people have completely different versions of how it went down, how it was. But then there are because things... Because they'll remember like, different things. Yeah, but... When you cheat on someone, that's a fact. Yeah, you can't just pretend you didn't. So, <laughs> uh, anyway, it was a blessing in disguise. Absolutely. Look where you are now. Oh. Sitting pretty in a lovely white fluffy robe, which you never seem to take I off. I don't, because why should I? And there's what a white life. fluffy snow falling falling from the sky outside. So, life is good. Life is good. Oh, well. You in that robe, Michelle, oh, I tell you what. Well, look, thank you so much, Geordie, for the chit-chat. Oh, thank you, Mish. Oh, and uh, I don't feel like we've gotten anywhere with no, that. No, of course not. To be honest, to go back to the Mandela effect, I just want to quickly say, I just think that's people getting, like like you said before, the memory contagion, mis- misremembering. I think so too. And, then, yeah. and people catch hold of it and then... You know, it becomes yeah. it becomes a thing. I was convinced that it was Noah Taylor that was playing <laughs> the father of Jesser in Girls, not our friend and friend of the show, Ben Mendelsohn. Mm. Don't forget to like and subscribe and even review if you feel like it. And pretty soon we're going to have a... Website. But come again. Do come again. Do eavesdrop again. Yes. Adios. Eavesdropping, 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 e